my friends. Thank you for tuning in. This is Love What I Love, the podcast where we beg our partner to love something we do, whether it be a movie, TV show, or anything in between. We're your hosts, Masha. And Andy. And this week, we're talking about true lies. True Lies follows Harry Tasker, a man who to his family is a computer salesman, but in reality is a full-on spy. Harry struggles to maintain his double life when they unexpectedly collide, and Harry realizes he's not the only one keeping secrets. This 1994 action-adventure comedy movie was directed by James Cameron. I'm not sure if you've heard of him before. I don't know. I think I found them once at the bottom of the ocean when I was swimming. (laughs) And True Lies stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jamie Lee Curtis, Eliza Dushku. Dushku. (laughs) Dushku. I wrote, my spelling is awful today. Oh, poor (laughs) Dushku. Eliza Dushku, Tom Arnold, Bill Paxton, Art Malik, and Tia Carrere. Carrera. Carrera. Oh, wow. I'm awful at the pronunciation. Yeah, you're, you're, you're bombing here. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, fun fact, the cinematography was by Russell Carpenter. I don't know how well you know your DPs, but he would later be the DP on the Titanic. Oh, snap. No, I, I don't know. I don't know him, to be honest, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, he's done a ton of things. Um, But right before this, I, I found it humorous that he did Indian in the Cupboard. Oh, really? Nice. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That movie, even though I've only seen it like two or three times in my life, uh-huh. like... The advertisement for it, I remember so clearly. I do. I remember. I do because I've never seen it. And I remember when it came out, I thought it was like, well, this is everywhere. Yeah. Know? But I remember just not getting what it was. I'm like, <laughs> all right, so he's in the cupboard. Like, what's the movie? You know? Right. Like, what is the movie? Have you seen it? Yeah. It's, I mean, this toy that comes to life. I know. But then, like, what happens? Oh, I don't remember. Like, you know, that's like the yeah. start. But, like, what's. I, I remember it's not funny. Yeah, no, I don't think it's funny. <laughs> Like, do people find out about the toy? Like, do you learn what kind of lessons does this kid learn? I don't know. I don't remember. Right. But anyway. If you guys love Indian <laughs> Cupboard out there, write in. Yeah, yeah. Write, let us know what happens. Into the mailbag. We're not going to Google it. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> One thing I didn't know about True Lies is that it's actually based on a 1991 French comedy film called La Totale. Oh, all right. I can see that. Yeah. Right, so, yeah. <laughs> French love likes sex comedy yeah yeah it's like a it's like you an know affair. not a sex comedy but like a you know it's like, there's it's like, some like sexual yeah it's a little steamy it's yeah a little, you know for people kind of you know, <laughs> might be jumping into bed with some people hey hey yo oh. <laughs> true lies was actually part of cameron's multi-million dollar deal with 20th century fox Ooh, okay yeah so he kind of had liberties here and like he... I, I mean yeah you're following t2 yeah yeah I exactly like you're you write your own checks after that, at least at least for the next movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, obviously, Arnold has been a part of this success, so this would be another pairing. Yeah, their, their, their third time around. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, I thought it was pretty cool. Like, uh, I was watching a few, like, old interviews of, like, Arnold and James Cameron. And Arnold was talking about how, like, he's always wanted to, like, 
sort of be like a James Bond character. And this was sort of that opportunity for him to do so. What I didn't know is that this film was the first film to use the 20th Century Fox logo Uh, and like the fanfare. Interesting. So, hey, this is a pretty historic movie. In addition to that, it was... Now it's just a 20th Century fanfare. Yeah. Disney plucked the word Fox out of there. That is so true. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's also the first... There's so many firsts here, so I'm just going to list them all. Um, It's the first major production of the visual effects company Digital Domain, which was co-founded by James Cameron. Oh, oh, I assume they went out to do Avatar. Yeah. Oh, yo. I went on their (laughs) website. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I went on their website and looked at the reel. Yeah. They basically have done all the visual effects of all the major movies that we... Like, from Marvel to, like, Fast and Furious. Like, they do every... Like, Fifth Element was on there. I know so little (laughs) about modern effects. Like, you know, because George Lucas's company, like, Industrial Light and Magic, was the one who did everything for so long. Yeah. After Star Wars. Uh, So, it's it's, like, I didn't even know that, like, who the new dog was in town. It's like... Yeah. Cameron. Yo, I could have sworn I... And by new dog, I mean 25 years. Oh, okay. (laughs) The last 25 years. Wait, is that company no long... It's... No, I'm, I'm sure. Oh, okay. I think so. Because I, I, I did see some Star Wars stuff on their reel as well. Yeah. But who maybe knows they the, divvy up the But work. now that Disney owns Fox and Star Wars, mm. who knows? They gotta just, like, I don't know how any of this works. Okay, so yeah. So don't, don't, don't look at me for answers on, on <laughs> FX companies. I'm just saying it's cool to like learn that because I didn't know... Mm-hmm. Who, who's who's doing what exactly. yeah yeah that company's doing all the visual effects yeah. <laughs> um and this movie was the first movie to have a budget of a hundred million dollars which really yeah Whoa. so like it set the bar obviously we've increased numbers yeah yeah but since then but it's 1994 pretty, it's pretty hilarious i wonder i mean i don't know how, how much you know about like how this came to be made you already said it's a remake of a comedy, so that makes sense. But I was one. I wanted to know all about like where the comedy came from because I I love James Cameron and he's yeah. not known for making comedies. Like there's yeah. funny moments in these in his movies, but nothing. This is the only one I've seen that I would call like I almost call this a comedy first. Like mm. yeah, it's an action movie, but I think it's I think it's a comedy movie with a lot of action. Yeah, for sure. As opposed to an action movie with a lot of, with a good amount of comedy. I did read, and I don't know if it's a hundred percent true because it was IMDb. Trivia, but apparently he did hire a bunch of comedy writers to help out and add some comedy Punch to the up. script. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure Tom Arnold was there, kind of riffing some shit. Yeah, yeah, no, there was a lot of riffing, especially on Tom Arnold's part. Yeah. Um, and I can point out those particular moments, but apparently he didn't like like what the comedy writers added, so he did take a dab at it at it himself. So yeah. it was a combination of just James Cameron doing what he liked and then like taking from the cast yeah. members to like build it up. That's cool, but I mean, he's always yeah, like he's always got a funny bone. Even everything, even Aliens and Terminator Two and Terminator One. <laughs> Aliens has comedy a little bit, not like tons, but the, mm-hmm. between like the characters, like the banter and the the way they talk and stuff like that. The banter. There's not like comedy set pieces, you know. The, oh, okay. The alien doesn't get kicked in the nuts, like like, like you know, it's not it's not <laughs> the, the you know like this one. I would watch it if there was a scene that the, <laughs> that the nuts. If, I mean, the fact that aliens even have nuts right is in the like. Same spot. <laughs> oh it's pretty funny (laughs) but yeah so first film that cost more than 100 million dollars to make ended up grossing 378 million dollars worldwide and was number one in japan for 12 weeks like this is like a huge film that's awesome uh jamie lee curtis won a golden globe for best actress um in a musical or comedy so like Uh, even 
you know, the awards were like considering this For like sure. a, a comedy film rather than, you know, action oh, drama. Let's not forget the Golden Globes. Oh. Fa- famously thought Get Out and The Martian oh. were both comedies. So. Yeah. Yo, I still remember when the <laughs> when the Martian won. They yeah. were like, what? Again, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, there's a whole scene where he learns how to take a shit in Mars. It's hilarious. Like, I guess. Is it a whole thing of comedy? <laughs> So, listeners, I don't know how many of you are going back and watching all of all of the films that we talk oh, about yeah. on this podcast, but I will just warn you right now, watching or trying to get us to watch True Lies has been a journey. Like, I've been wanting to watch True Lies for this podcast for a while now. It's a nightmare. <laughs> it was a nightmare. You can't Guys, find it anywhere. Yeah, you're better off going to thrift stores and looking at VHSs. <laughs> This thing has never, there's no HD version of this that exists in streaming. It's never been, there's no Blu-ray ever made for it. It's never been nope. kind of up to HD. So if you find it, which, what did we watch it on, Tubi? Or yeah, like and a, it's only around until like the third week of September or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's probably going to be gone by the time this, this airs. <laughs> but the fucking scan was terrible. Like it was, it was worse than a DVD. It was less than 720. Like I didn't do, I didn't figure it out, but. The frame was like yeah we we're, we're watching it on like sixty percent of the screen yeah, like, like the rest was black yeah yeah <laughs> just it was um so watching True Lies is a tough one yeah. I don't know if this is true but I remember when we were trying to watch it a few months ago when you wanted to pick it uh-huh. and I read somewhere where again I don't have a source on this but like apparently when James Cameron if he's gonna re-release something or like when he made Terminator 3D he always wants to be as hands-on as possible and he doesn't yes. want to have something come out with his name on it that he's not involved with to make it as good as possible right and he just hasn't felt the need to come around and do that with True Lies but he won't let anyone else do it so it's just like in limbo yeah yeah so yeah good luck watching this people <laughs> I don't know I think there are a couple of factors I mean the one thing I did find because I was curious after we finally watched it um, apparently in 2018 James Cameron did work on like creating a Blu-ray version of this and he just apparently hasn't had time to review it yet to make so that way they could release it. So I'm like, guy, how long does it like I watch mean, a movie? You know? Else, yeah. I mean, we're also talking. He's been talking about Avatar 2 since 2009. Yeah. And that shit is still not I, even on the horizon. I know he's busy, but I know. But I'm priorities. just saying. Like, I know, but like, does he really? Like, forget gold toilets. Dude's got gold toilet paper. Like, he doesn't. He's not in a rush to get anything done. He's. I guess so. He likes I mean, exploring the ocean. That's what he does. Freaking! I've been waiting. Like, I have. I do have True Lies on VHS, and I almost went to Rhode Island. I mean, we don't even have a VHS player, so I, I couldn't know. even do anything yeah, about would, that. Yeah, yeah would have been. But I, I wonder if it's a combination of that, and then also post nine eleven. Obvious, this movie touches on like terrorists, but like you know those. It's a, yeah, it's a pretty like comic. This is all fun and games pre nine eleven. Look at Islamic terrorism. Yes, like ah, oh, they're kind of crazy. Like so, I honestly think that that is also a reason why they're not like rushing to do this because. Yeah. <laughs> That hasn't really gone away from. Yeah, like they probably like printed on DVD once, and they were just like, "Yeah, was like, because you know, you every time I'm, they re-release something on the DVD, even on DVD, like a new print, they have to go through all this legal blah blah blah, blah right to get it out. So they're probably just like, it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, like why are we prioritizing this portrayal of Islamic terrorists? Well, it's just yeah, like it was you know. Not that we weren't in crises in the 90s, but 9-11 and then mixed with how many people went to war, how many people then knew people who died right. in the Middle East. Like, it just all became a little more real and a little less like, oh, the you know, it's like when we used to make fun of the Russians during the Cold War. Like, mm-hmm. if the Cold War became hot, it would have been less funny. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, if all of a sudden nuclear bombs did stop getting dropped, I think we'd make less jokes about it. But 
that never happened. So we're like, ah, the Russians, they were our best. <laughs> we hate them. Ah, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I, I honestly think that's probably the main reason why they haven't re-released it. But I'm going to have to find a DVD somewhere. Like, I mean, <laughs> I think I saw them on Amazon used, but because they don't make them anymore, they were all like jacked up prices. Yeah. So I'm just like, it's not worth it. Ugh. Well, but we got lucky. It was on Tubi TV. Yeah, Tubi. catch it if you can, if yeah. you if you get there in time. Yeah, or um, watch Catch Me If You Can. He's the one that <laughs> well, works too. All right. <laughs> um, so Rotten Tomatoes. What are you thinking? Ooh, thinking of the tomatoes. Nineteen ninety-four. I'm thinking eighty-four critics, ninety-two audience. I'm disappointed by both the critics and the audience Ooh, scores. Seventy-one percent critics. All right, all right. Seventy-six percent audience. Come on, this is a fantastic movie. Seventy-six. I think. I mean, I will get to it, but I think this—it's this thing's main struggle is it's sandwiched in between two of the biggest movies Cameron's ever done in his entire career. Nah. <laughs> I mean, Avatar obviously is insane, but like Titanic and T two. Yeah. Like that's what like you know <laughs> people are gonna talk about those every day. You know, like forever. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's rough. It's like I'm not saying there's not even a bad thing about this movie. It's I'm the king of the world! Chill out, Dickwad. Yes, you can compare it to his other works, but I think as a standalone film, if you're talking about being entertained and going through a journey For with sure. multiple layers, For sure. it deserves higher than in the <laughs> 70s. This is like, I would say, an 89, 92%. I mean, I have some guesses of why I think some people might have rated it low, but we're barely talking about the movie yet, so like, <laughs> I don't want to just jump in on the intro. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I even got like a comment here that I, guess I did not like. Why do you think? I could imagine, I, so I don't know a lot of this, and I purposely didn't do research because this isn't my episode, but I know James Cameron is a famously divorced man mm. who has been married a good amount of times and tends to get divorced a lot. <laughs> and I could see people attributing that to some of this movie's plot and being like, it almost seems like someone who's a little bitter about some relationships getting it out in a movie. Really? I'm not even saying I feel that way. I was just, as watching it, I was like, I just know this guy's like famously divorced and this is a movie about like a couple going through some shit. <laughs> so I don't know. Is, did that come up at all or am I just, this is my guess. Like I'm not like, um, I, I might be swinging this, in the dark. Here. I mean, I, I'm going to, I'm probably going to bring it up later on in the episode when we're sort of wrapping it up, uh -huh. but some critics did criticize it in terms of like along the lines of being like a little misogynistic and sexist. That's kind of what I was trying to say. I have opinions on that that I'll bring up later, cool. but I don't agree. All right, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. That's what I was saying. If I was like, if I was trying to think why people would criticize it, uh, especially critics, that's what I was thinking. So I could just sit and be on like, this is a guy who's you know been divorced so many times. He might he might like not have a good opinion on women and it comes through in the movie like something like that that was what, what i was trying to say okay. Um, okay but i don't you know i don't know these things and i you know i love james cameron's work so i don't want to sit on a podcast and be like james cameron hates women like i thought <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to guess what i think critics might have thought okay in the 90s watching this movie <laughs> knowing that he was like i don't even know how many times i just i know for sure Catherine bigelow and uh uh linda hamilton okay but i think there was more than that if mm. I'm not mistaken. But Interesting. again, allegedly, I don't know shit. Nobody fucking write <laughs> me any letters. Well, I'm sure 
you listeners are surprised that I'm the one bringing up the first James Cameron film <laughs> on this podcast. I am surprised as well. Yeah, I'm like, sure. Spoiler alert. I don't have a favorite movie of all time because <laughs> opinions change, but Terminator 2 is like always floating up there. I love it. So like, I'm yeah. literally staring at a turn. You, your head is right next to a framed Terminator <laughs> poster. Oh, it's not a poster. It's, like, a, it's a sweet piece of artwork. It's not, it's not a movie poster. Piece of artwork of a uh, masterpiece. It's yeah, a, exactly. Masterpiece and I'm the one, and you know, prior years before we ever thought about making a podcast, I showed you Terminator One and took you to the theaters to see Terminator yeah. Two when it was released. Special. So <laughs> I've, I thought I was introducing you to Cameron a little bit. I know in your back pocket, you've loved ah. True Lies your whole life. <laughs> um, but I am honestly really surprised that you've never seen this movie. So I need you to tell us about it. Like, why have you never seen this? What do you think about True Lies? Like, have you even heard of it? Just dish it all out. Cool. So it's not that I've never seen any of this movie. As you know, it's not like I never heard of True Lies. I never watched it. I definitely like had it on at some point, probably in high school, just like at a friend's house, like when a bunch of us were hanging out and the TV was on, and like it was on HBO or something. Okay. So I do recall like seeing it, like like not like watching it, but just kind of like it's on. Oh, we're watching it for five minutes. We're talking. Um, so I didn't, I didn't really follow the plot, but so much of the imagery kind of stuck out to me. Okay. And it's a pretty famous movie, so I know the Jamie Lee Curtis dance sequence and i know the horse scene like i just kind of like those things are just in pop culture it's a very popular movie Mm -hmm. um and then we did start it like not me we you and i but probably like five years ago uh working at the rental house when we would have group lunches and watch a movie together we'd always like watch a movie for 40 minutes during lunch and then continue it throughout the week until we finished it and we did start True Lies. Oh, okay. But watching movies at lunch famously involves shitloads of talking, the phone ringing, people getting up to do stuff, everyone's chatting. So again... Not, not 100%. Not really, but I watched it more this time. So I did actually watch up until the horse sequence on the roof. Okay. That's when we stopped it. So like we watched from the beginning to there. So I did actually have that pretty well in my memory from four or five years ago. And then I feel like... After that, I was like, I definitely want to watch the rest of this. This is crazy. <laughs> but then I think that's when I learned that you loved it and that I kind of was like, oh, it's so rare that you get to like show me something. Oh, you that's know? So, so I was kind of like, let me just wait. And then lo and behold, we made a podcast where that's the whole concept. <laughs> so then I was like, no, I really can't watch it. Yeah. So that's, why I, that's the reason why I haven't seen it up to this Little, point. How did you guys watch it back then? <laughs> when? If you guys were watching it at lunch, it must have been somewhere. Oh, I think it was the same as, like, this, where it was, like, some scan of, like, an HBO showing from back in the uh, day. Oh, okay, okay. Because, yeah, the one we watched was definitely a TV scan, but it wasn't edited. It was, like, it was R-rated, you know? It wasn't, like, censored. Yeah. So I'm guessing it had to have been from a premium channel, like HBO or Showtime okay, or okay. something. But even though as much as I love Cameron and, like, Terminator 2, like, you know, I'm not, I'll, I'll hold it off for when we finally do on this podcast, but... <laughs> I don't even know why. I, like, as a kid, I didn't know about this movie. I didn't really know about directors. You know, I knew there was a movie called Terminator 2 that I thought was the greatest thing of all time. Yeah. And then I remember learning that, like, this guy made Titanic. And then seeing that as a kid and being like, that's the biggest movie ever. Like, if you're alive in the 90s, you just remember Titanic coming out. And then, yeah, I think this movie just got buried. Like, I really didn't hear about it until, I don't know, like, later with, like, the internet and stuff like that. And that's mm-hmm. when I was in high school. And we ended up, oh, it's that movie, you know, the camera made. But I just never stuck it out. I never 
like I, I love action movies now and especially ones that are like a little bit campy and over the top like this, but I didn't always love those. So like as a teenager, when I was just kind of loving my horror movies and my comedies and my serious dramas and I was just like, everything has to be Scorsese and dark. <laughs> I wasn't that into, you know, I wasn't watching James Bond. I didn't no. really come to Mission Impossible till later. So I wasn't feeling that kind of stuff the I, way I do now. I love how like the traditional emo phase for kids is like listening to like emo hard rock or whatever and like dressing goth and yours was Scorsese. Yeah, like, I was watching your... yeah, the, the new age directors of the 70s <laughs> making gritty movies where we're fucking... That was your emo Where nobody's face. happy and then it ends sad. Like, <laughs> I had no business watching Raging Bull at like 15. Like, even now I think back to watch Raging Bull again and it's such a dark, like, like the deeply sad movie that I'm just like, I can't watch that right now. <laughs> but at 15, I was just like, ooh, look at this. This is dark and cool. You really let this girl ruin your life. Look at you. She really did some job on you. You know how fucking nuts you are? what she did to you you fucked my wife what you fucked my wife just tell me i'm not gonna answer it's a sick question you're a sick fuck and i'm not that sick that i'm gonna answer it and now i'm just like i can't watch this guy fucking punch a brick wall till he cries himself on the floor <laughs> like it's too sad <laughs> so yeah i don't know i just missed true lies in that sense and uh, yeah that's why i saw it later but fucking Cameron, Arnold. Terminator 1's a masterpiece, and that's how good Terminator 2 is. <laughs> so I think it's better. I think it's better than a masterpiece. Oh my god. Okay, love fest for Terminator. Here oh, we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you, you getting to watch this? Well, Arnold, yeah. Cameron. And watching Arnold get to, like, not play a robot, pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, I, I feel like even his other characters, he's, he was a little bit more emotive in this. Like, they took kind of that, like, kindergarten cop energy. I think this helped that he had, like, one or two successful comedies before this. Yeah, yeah. It kind of made his chops. Because, you know, kindergarten cop, it's not a, it's not brilliant, but, like, it's a solid no, comedy. No, he definitely has like, comedy he, chops. He brings it. Like, he's funny in that movie. For sure. It's, it's actually hilarious. When I was doing research for this movie, I came across the making of, like, you know, that featurette that they do for the DVDs. Mm -hmm. So I came across the one for True Lies. And it was hilarious because the when they got to the Arnold section, they're like, Arnold's amazing. And they just showed all these films that he'd been in rather than focusing on True Lies. Yeah. It was like Kindergarten Cop, Junior, Twins. and well, like, It's like all the comedies. Yeah, and then like Danny DeVito was in the featurette. I'm like, this is about True Lies, guys. It's not about Arnold yeah, Schwarzenegger. Yeah. But they did mention like how they really wanted to take advantage of the comedy chops that he does have yeah because i mean like i'm just, now i'm thinking about it i never really thought about it he didn't i can't think of many comedies he did in the 80s it was all more straightforward action right and then i think that 1990 kindergarten cop was like a turn yeah because then it went yeah straight to the devitos the two devito movies this one and then he had the fucking jingle all the way right after this yeah yeah when this movie came out he was still like on the up and up like he was still oh, he had a yeah, he had a 20 year rise yeah the 80s and the 90s like Pretty much, I mean, and he self-bowed out. Like, he he was like, I'm going to do one Terminator and then go be governor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he did Terminator 3, made jillions of dollars and bounced. Like, you know? <laughs> but it's, it, it is funny, too, because I remember... I remember when I told you that I love True Lies, you were like, you love a James Cameron movie? Yeah, yeah. And I clearly remember you saying that because as far as I was aware, like, that could have been directed by Michael Bay. Like, yeah, I didn't yeah. know who directed it. That's I didn't so care. funny. <laughs> I was like, the guy who made Aliens? You're so scared of even looking at the box art of Aliens, let alone watching it. <laughs> I'll I'll support Sigourney Weaver from afar. I love her. Or up close when I pick it for the podcast. Oh. Oh, no. It's going to be two of them. Cause... All right. This podcast might not last so long. I love the first two <laughs> equally. All right. Um. Well, as far as my history with yeah, the movie, 
Honestly, this is the first movie that I think I remember clocking was rated R. Because I was going to say, that makes it different for the Masha catalog. Yeah. You, weren't, you weren't watching a lot of R. It was ex- definitely because of the the scene in the hotel room with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. This little strip tease situation that we're going to talk about later in the film. For but sure. I remember watching that and like being in the room with my mom and feeling so uncomfortable. <laughs> Only because, you know, like... Everyone knows watching a scene like that with your parents is weird on its own. Yeah, but then, yeah. like, even being as a kid and being like, what is going on? <laughs> it was very awkward for me on many levels. Yeah. So I remember, yeah, I remember that so clearly if I took away anything from the first uh, viewing of that movie. But other than that, I freaking love Arnold, Sch- Arnold Schwarzenegger. So did my mom. So. I've watched quite a bit, quite a lot of Arnold, <laughs> not the Terminator movies, oddly, but like, you know, Junior, Twins, Conan. I know you love uh, Total Recall. Do I? Oh, I know you don't. Never mind. <laughs> I was thinking of The Fifth Element. He's not in that. Oh, no, no, Those no, two no, movies, no. Th- like, visually, I mix them up sometimes. Oh, I've never even heard of Total Recall. Really? Oh, yeah. All right, I'm going to have to show you that one. <laughs> That's a fun Arnold one. Oh, I think it was man. the year after this movie. I think it was 95. Oh, okay, Oh, okay. it's wild. <laughs> but think, I, of, think of the fifth element but if like arnold was there like it's kind of like that yeah. it's that crazy and wild but like is it funny it's, yeah it's, it's it, could, it could be funny okay all right yeah it's it's uh it's a, it's a little kooky <laughs> Kookies, what better word yeah but i feel like when you think back on our childhood and like the big huge stars like arnold's like one of those stars that's like he was around oh yeah you know so i just think that this movie to me and like arnold being in it just represents a time of like your good childhood like yeah, in the yeah. 90s or whatever I, yeah, I mean he was a he was the star in a time where we didn't have a million stars yeah so, like, but, like arnold was yeah exactly he was worldwide so i mean this this film has a special place in my heart it has comedy it has action it's sexy but it also has like that family element to it as well yeah um that i think really grounds it so I just love everything about this movie. I think it just has everything that you want in a movie. Nice. You know? And it doesn't leave anything out. It doesn't cut any corners. For sure. So a few quick facts before we dive into it. You would love that this film actually uses the same stunt guy um, as Terminator 2. Nice. I was watching the special features and the guy was like, James Cameron was like, we got to top the stunts of Terminator 2. And he was like, how? <laughs> and this is what they ended up yeah. with. <laughs> And um, just real quick before we, we dive in, um, Tom Arnold, I don't know how much you know about Tom. I know, some, I know some facts about Tom. I didn't know that he was married to Roseanne. Oh, yeah. That's like the first thing everyone knows <laughs> and about Tom Arnold. And on Roseanne. <laughs> yeah. That's like the first thing everyone knows about Tom Arnold. Oh, really? Damn. I had to dive in. So I told you, like, I got sidetracked when I was doing research for this movie because I was like, wait, what happened with Tom Arnold and Roseanne? Oh, it's, oh, it's a whole can of worms. I don't have the details, so I can't really I tried. I, there were, like, so many variety articles. It's like, sub- subscribe. Between the two of them, <laughs> the allegations are wild. Like, like I feel like if you, you can listen to both of them talk about the other for two hours, you uh-huh. get a whole different version of what really? life was like. Yeah. I don't Whoa. think it didn't seem like the healthiest relationship. Well... He got this role in the midst of their divorce. Oh. So, like, this was around the time he where I was, like, hot. Yeah, he was, like, like, I got some fees I got to pay. Let me. <laughs> well, and not only that, like, James Cameron wanted him for this role after, like, he auditioned and saw the chemistry between him and Arnold. And the studio was, like, no, like, cast someone else. Like, Hollywood's would sort of, like, trying yeah. to shut yeah. him out. I mean, yeah, Arnold, he, I mean, he's, he's, he's in movies and shit, but he's not really, like, this is a big movie for for him i feel mm. like yeah yeah so i mean apparently james was like 
Oh, sure. I meant Tom Arnold, not Arnold. No, no. I know what yeah, you meant. Yeah, I fucked up. Oh. I, call, I called sounds like, well, Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know what you meant. We, we knew what you meant. You meant Tom Arnold. Um, but apparently, James was to the studio like, if you don't let me cast Tom Arnold, I'm going to take this movie somewhere else. Oh. Like, he put it, you know, it yeah. on the line He's for like, him. I'll make this shit under the water. Exactly. And they were like, all right, you can cast Tom Arnold. And then he ended up being, like, loved for this role yeah, and everything like, like that. Yeah. Like, he's super grateful to James. Yeah. I don't necessarily love Tom Arnold, but he was fucking, yeah, he was, he fit well in this one. Yeah. Like, it, it got to the point, too, where, like, he was actually taking some, like, realities from his divorce and putting it in the movie. You know, Tom Arnold's character has been through multiple divorces, and he mentions them constantly to Arnold's character, Harry. Yeah. And at one point, he's like, yo, my I came home one day, and my wife took everything in the house. I mean, everything, even the ice trays. What crazy lady takes the ice trays out what? of the freezer? And he was actually, that like actually happened with him and Roseanne wow. apparently. So James thought that was so hilarious. that he was like, <laughs> put that in the script. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, crazy stuff there. Um, a lot of drama and I love, I love all the collaboration and the chemistry I think between everyone is so strong. So I'm so excited to dive in and get your thoughts on it. Oh yeah. All right, let's do a spoiler free. Yep. My name is Arnold, and I am an action star who can also tangle. I am a learning spy. <laughs> Yo, how badass is this opening? Oh, it's great. It's like, <laughs> it's it's how you start. Like, they took a cue out of James Bond movies, out of Indiana Jones. Like, you start in the middle of a mission right before shit gets crazy. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a good introduction. And I like, because, you know, this movie's got, a, it's like a, a couple of, if, say you haven't seen the trailer, it has a couple of cards to hide. And it could either have been played, you start off with him as a regular guy, and then they reveal he's a spy. Yes. Or, which I think is kind of fun, you start as a spy, and then the reveal is that he goes home to, like, a normal suburban house. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, is a quote-unquote boring guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the route that they took here. Yeah, I think that's funnier. You know, like, if if, it was, if your movie wanted to be cool, you do it the other way, but you want to be funny, you go that way. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, I liked it. And this opening sequence is, like, 15 minutes, I would yeah. say. Yeah. I love the fact that, one, how much confidence Harry or Arnold has as his character, Harry. Yeah. You know, he has to, he sneaks into this party in Switzerland, obviously with all these, like, top, rich, whatever. He's he's trying to undercover some ter terrorist operation, yeah. right? And just the confidence he has, like, going in the room and, like, bossing the caterers around. Like, every time somebody comes to, like, challenge him, like, is he supposed to be there? He just plays it off so well. Yeah, super smooth. And then the best one is when he pulls this lady over to tango. Yeah. I love this dance sequence. <laughs> and apparently it took them six, like, they rehearsed tango for six months Damn. for this movie. Arnold. And Arnold was very inspired by Al Pacino's dance in, um, I forget the name of the movie. Crap. I should have written it down. But there's a movie where Al Pacino does the tango. Uh -huh. And he's like, I want to be as badass as Al Pacino. <laughs> Al Pacino. I look like Al Pacino. Al Pacino. And so like he was like, if it doesn't come out as good as that, we're not doing Damn. it. And I think it did. <laughs> but yeah, that tango is so sweet. 
and I just love everything about this opening. I mean, the the stunts even like to do it on snow and the skis and the dogs. The, the double dog headbutt <laughs> is the greatest moment. <laughs> there's some shit. There's a lot of. I know you've never seen Commando, uh, but it's an Arnold movie. Most of the time, when you think of like over the top Arnold's like killing bad guys, you know what I mean? It's a lot of it's from a Commando. Oh, uh, okay, it's okay. It's a very fun movie where he's just slaughtering people and saying puns as he kills them. That dog shit totally. <laughs> There's a couple moments where I'm like, yeah, this is like this is hitting like the good Commando stuff. Ah, uh, cool. And and if two tack dogs are chasing you, and your thought is, I'm gonna turn around, wait till they <laughs> jump at me, and clonk their heads together. Yeah, that's hysterical. <laughs> never seen it before, never seen it after. It's like <laughs> you have so much. Like, like I'm so muscly. I don't give a shit. I just fucking clonk them. <laughs> oh, YouTube it if you if you haven't seen the movie. At least YouTube the head clonk. It's great. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty great. It's pretty weird. And then they even show him getting up. So you're like, ah, they're fine. They're good boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't kill the dog. <laughs> I we did cover Coda's our dog Coda's eyes on that scene. Right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. By we, you mean you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely me. Um, but yeah, just like you said, we have this epic action sequence, and then he goes home to a regular wife and kids. Yeah. I think you've mentioned this on either on the podcast or in personal life, but just how spy movies never just show spies in like normal life and like yeah. what happens when they're not on a mission. Yeah. Like I've never seen Ethan Hunt. Like, I don't know. I didn't really like, didn't, like go to bed. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, like I don't do even know. Like, yeah, where do you sleep? Like it's always just the next day. He's fully changed looking good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so this is fun. Yeah, so Arnold or Harry goes home to his his wife and kid. Yeah, he's got the double life. He's got the double life, and he plays it off really well, I think. Yeah. And Jamie Lee Curtis is his wife, and Fantastic. Eliza Eliza Dushku is the daughter, yeah, baby the baby Dushku. Slayer. Yeah, yeah. How excited were you to see Eliza? Oh, it's pretty great because I watched this a few years ago. I did have I did already know that, but yeah, yeah I've never seen her this young before. I mean, she was twelve. Yeah, that's crazy. Because I knew her even pre-Buffy, because I didn't get to Buffy till later. So, like, I just knew her from, like, the comedies of the 2000s. Like, you know, I think she was in, like, The New Guy and, like, Jane and Bob Strike Back. She was just in stuff. Mm-hmm. So I knew her. And then it, and then it was Buffy where an angel. So she's fucking great, an angel. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, she's the best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good old Faith. I love that his role or his job is a computer salesman. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you working out for so much? Yeah, like why are you so muscular? <laughs> That's like yo, know, I because it, it's a comedy and like I, I'll take it all in stride, but it is hysterical to just picture Arnold trying to be undercover anywhere. Like he's so tall, his shoulders are so wide. And he has the voice and mannerisms of no other human that's ever existed on Earth. Yeah. So it's like for him to just like blend like, in. To, yeah, like, ha- be like, oh, I'm just a, I'm I'm an art buyer from Frankfurt. Like, I don't think you are, man. Like, I just like, and then like I feel like everyone would constantly see him all the time. You know, they just be like, oh, did you see that giant who came in here yesterday? <laughs> like, like it's just so funny. I'm like, yeah, there's no way you wouldn't be clocked by like ten dudes. Yeah, I don't think Even, so. Even like either. later, this isn't spoiling, but later when he's like. Sneaking in, in his wife's office. I'm like, yo, all his coworkers, all their coworkers would be like, oh, your husband was here. <laughs> like, yeah, he was ducking down, but he was still 7 1 ducking down. Like, yeah. he's so big. Oh, uh, my God. Anyway, it's it, so great. It, yeah, it's, it's hilarious. I really like that he works for what they call the Omega Sector, yeah. but I like that it's labeled the last line of defense. Oh, like, yeah. these are the guys that you call if there's like no other place you could go. Yeah. And did you recognize Charlton Heston 
Oh, no. And I saw his name in the opening credits, too. And I was like, I should keep an eye out for him. But I forgot. Was he the captain? He was the captain. That's hilarious. He was the guy giving the orders. Captain Heston. And he had, I didn't know this. I, I mean, he had an eye patch, which obviously you noticed. But, yeah. like, apparently that was a callback to Nick Fury. Oh, for Avengers? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, a little yeah, yeah. fun for you. But, yeah, it's like, you know, that traditional, like, spy on a mission. Like, where's the evidence? What, yeah. what, what you, you got, guys? You blew up so many things. Like, you know. <laughs> you think it's all going to be about them trying to track down this terrorist organization. And it really just starts out the sec- the family is the subplot. And this these terrorists are the main plot. Yeah. And then I think, you know, later on... When we get into the spoiler section, we'll see how that gets flipped. Yeah. Um. But before we get to that, we get multiple action sequences, you yeah. know, following this this first scene. Yep. The woman he meets at the party ends up being their one lead to track down this terrorist organization. Yeah, Cassandra. Exactly. So when... <laughs> Cassandra? Is that her name? No, that's her name in Wayne's World. Oh, okay. God damn it. <laughs> I love you right Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> She will be mine. Oh, yes. She will be mine. When Harry and his crew decide to follow up with her, we realize that she's really covering for this terrorist organization, like literally right in her camp. And so they track Harry down from that situation and try and kill him in this crazy hotel sequence that involves a horse and a motorcycle. The horse is great. (laughs) Yeah, that's how I knew Cameron just had a blank check because he was just like, <laughs> "We got a top Terminator too." Like, I think they started with horse. <laughs> like, they started like, with yeah, horse. like we got to do something with a horse, put it in an elevator, and then they were like, "We built it around it," because oh, that is so unique to this movie. And really, there are stunt doubles in this movie, but I think majority, you know, I mean, yeah, they they took the effort. I know because I always look for stunt doubles. I just can't not every action scene, and there's yeah. a lot of shots of Arnold riding that horse. Yeah, yeah, know, not all of them, but a lot. And I kind of felt bad for the horse. Oh, when we when this sequence ends, <laughs> like in real life, like if that was a real horse, I uh-huh. felt so bad for it. Like yeah. obviously. Basically, when, when he's holding Arnold's entire body weight with his snout and, Woof. like, pulls him up off a building, I was like, oh, yeah, that horse's neck would have broke. Yeah. Arnold's way too heavy. But I do love the banter between... I mean, I'm surprised a sequel didn't come out. It's like Arnold and a horse. Oh, my you God. Know, like, that would have <laughs> been great. What kind of cop are you? <laughs> horse, should we get the bad guy? Yay or nay? <laughs> You, al- <laughs> you always say nay. Oh my god, it writes itself. <laughs> it, does. it does. Damn. <laughs> and then, you know, the last line of the trailer. By the long face. Ah, <laughs> you got him. Clip, clop, clip, clop. All right. Meanwhile, his wife, Helen, thinks, you know, she's married to this comp- boring computer salesman and... Little does he know, she's on her own little adventure with a spy. Oh my god, that's fucking hysterical. <laughs> this fake undercover spy, I should say, but actual s- car salesman played by Bill Sa- Bill Saxton? Paxton. Bill Bill Paxton. Yeah. I, I love... James Cameron collab on Aliens. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I, I love the mirroring here. You know, her husband is an actual spy. Who's pretending to be a salesman. And then Bill Paxton's character is a salesman pretending to be a spy. I just thought that was pretty cool. Oh, it's very funny. It's very funny. But I think Bill 
is so good at playing the sleazy car salesman. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's so good. I remember as a kid too, like buying that he was actually a spy. Like really? I was actually blown away by the twist. Like, oh my god, <laughs> he's actually a car salesman. He was such a shitty spy though, the way like he would pretend to be scared by someone coming in the door. Like if he was a really a spy, he would have been such a punk. <laughs> <laughs> but now the like yeah, the whole juxtaposition is like prime. That's what makes this overall like a comedy, even in like the sense of like Shakespeare where this whole movie is basically about them being in a rut in their marriage mm. and needing to figure out how to get out of it. And it's hysterical that he hides that he's a spy and the one thing that gets her excited is the idea of being with someone who's secretly a spy. Yes. So it's like for us as the audience, it's like with one or two conversations, I feel like he gets to solve <laughs> this. But instead, you're going to have to go through this long, insane journey to like come to this thing that's already on paper. For sure. Yeah, it makes it a very funny, you know, that's that's, that's comedy. Absolutely. And I got to say, watching it this time around, their family dinners are awful. Yeah. Like, they don't even acknowledge their daughter, even. Like, I don't think Eliza has a line, like, yeah. directly to her parents. <laughs> she shows up at the end, but without that, I was like, I was almost, like, until that happened, I was almost like, why was she in this movie? Because she fucking <laughs> dipped. She yeah. gets on a motorcycle and literally says, bye, movie, and just flips out. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. goes to Crafty and hangs out. You until, completely forget about her. Um... I mean, I didn't because it was Eliza Dushku, but I was wondering, I'm like, if that wasn't Eliza Dushku, would I even remember that there was a daughter? You know what I mean? Like, it helps a lot that it's an actress who I've grown to love through other things. For sure. I feel like you you had a lot of fun, though, once Arnold realizes that Helen is, or once he thinks that Helen is having an affair and sort of loses it and uses his spy resources to track down what's actually happening, I I felt like you were having a lot of fun there. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it is hysterical because, you know, the whole conceit of this movie is that it's got the the budget and the scope and the talent to make this insanely, like, epic action movie. But then they choose to focus on the comedy and this, like, little relationship. It's just very funny. You know what I mean? Like, if this movie was, like, a small comedy with no budget, you could do it cleverly. But the fact that... They like they'll go through the effort of making these gadgets and making these special effects and these sequences that normally wouldn't be wasted on someone like checking to see if their wife was cheating on them. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it was all pretty great comedy. And just also just prior to them to this uh, whole like him spying on his wife, finding out she might be having an affair. We're also just getting hammered home of how much their marriage sucks because he like misses the birthday party they throw for him yeah. to go be a spy. And you know, so it's like it's they're always yeah. just kind of hammering home why they're both. Either not on the same page or not happy and things yeah, like that. Yeah, they're not communicating or anything like that. You gotta, you gotta applaud the script consistency here because when he comes home for that birthday party, that's right after the horse hotel scene that yeah. we we're talking about. Like he's been like pushed through glass and all this stuff, like fighting that crazy bathroom scene where he's fighting those humongous guys yep. and like they destroy that bathroom <laughs> it's water all over the floor <laughs> yeah he comes home to his wife puts his hand on her shoulder and he she squeezes it and he's like ah yeah, you know yeah. like, i just love the consistency there like he's not um you know a bulletproof guy like he actually does feel pain yeah and i feel like a lot of action movies miss that yep agreed agreed uh, that birthday party is also the lamest party of all time. Like, oh. I might have skipped it too. <gasps> <laughs> it's like, 
<laughs> like that, that one other person, like just like you know, it's like oh, yeah. he just made a cake and put some balloons on. Like there was nothing. Yeah, I think when they go to therapy, they should talk about having friends, yeah. like inviting friends over, like, just anything. like, like yeah, socializing, like, just something to make a special. Like, <laughs> it was a cake and a bunch of fucking balloons. Oh, the cake did kind of look good. All I mean, if you take away the dog licking the frosting, yeah, exactly. So can we talk about how his plan to basically? keep fulfilling his wife's um thought that this guy simon is actually a spy and like kidnapping them yeah i freaking love <laughs> oh it's hysterical it shows how like I, yeah i keep having I like those movies about lack of communication and like instead of trying to figure out what's wrong he just goes to the extreme and he's like oh you want to play spy we'll fucking play spy yeah. <laughs> the interrogation scene i find hilarious but like with him and tom arnold oh yeah when they have when they're dangling him over the cliff uh not even ding no i'm talking about like when they bring jamie lee curtis in the room and start questioning oh her. yeah 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 yeah. That's, that's, yeah that's <laughs> when tom arnold like keeps like ah you like cheating on your husband don't you you like sleeping <laughs> with guys blah. yeah yeah and he's like yeah he's putting all his fucking divorces into, into his thought like everything he's saying is we're like is this about you like you need a minute <laughs> i again i think he's just bringing all this rose he channeled all the roseanne divorce stuff yeah <laughs> is exactly. what i'm sensing here i liked all the stupid like classic sitcom moments of there it's jamie lee curtis is in the car with bill paxton and then he tells her to duck down because the enemy could see her and uh, then from arnold's perspective it looks like she's giving him a blowjob and it's just yeah. all these like sitcom like like, you know, and even when they break in, of course, she falls right in between his legs yes. where it looks like they're in the middle of having sex. And just like all these yeah. you know, classics. Up but Arnold diverting resources. <laughs> I will say the one little inconsistency I didn't care for in the script was I feel like the first act of the movie really harped on Charlton Heston giving Arnold a hard time for fucking around. Mm. And then for the rest of the movie, he fucks around a lot. He just he sees red. I know, but I'm saying never once does the captain go like, yo, why the fuck did you bring 30 men to go like, you know, like they, yeah. for for the fact they set up the captain to be like, yo, I'm on your case. He's never on his case for the rest of the we movie. We never see him at all. I know. So <laughs> I, I feel like we could have done without Charlton Heston personally. I think they just wanted to have him in there I, for yeah. a little bit. Yeah, they probably had him scheduled for the whole thing and he's like, I'll give you a week. Just, you yeah. know, like he probably just like pulled some shit. <laughs> When when we hear the helicopter guy being like he's got his her head in his lap, all yeah. right. Apparently that was James Cameron. Really? <laughs> yeah, like oh, his voice. Damn, <laughs> wild. So um, much fun. Yeah, but that uh, to go back where you were saying the interrogation scene with the voice modulator that was hysterical. <laughs> I said shut down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you can't recognize, uh, oh, I guess you couldn't really recognize Arnold's accent through that. No, you down. couldn't. But um, I I love. Jamie Lee played it real good where, like, she plays it terrified at first. And then the more personal and, like, weird of the questions get, the more she just gets, like, annoyed. Mm -hmm. And by the end, she's, like, not even scared of them anymore. She's just like, I fucking hate whoever the hell you are. <laughs> you know? Like, that was a really... She yeah. played it really good. I think that scene is the perfect scene to audition someone for that role. Yeah. Because it's li she's literally acting, you know, to know... It's like, you know, you're auditioning for casting directors. Yeah, and if you can nail that scene, I think you can nail the rest of them. You know, it's... Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. But then not even not even just to keep playing along there. I think this makes Arnold recognize what makes like part of what the problem is in their marriage, but he's still like too dumb to like think of a logical solution. Mm. So his solution was like, Oh, if she if this is what how I get her turned on, then I'll send her on these spy <laughs> missions. Like, you know, like it's it was so like it was kind of like dumb guy thinking, and it yeah. made it very funny. Yeah, he thought the romantic gesture would be to send her on this mission and then 
pretend or like weirdly reveal that he is a spy who sent her on this. Yeah. But like he's his character that he's playing. You're basically is, you're making her get like mad sexually open with like a stranger. Yeah. Yeah. That's not romantic at all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't do that to me. No. But, I'm just kidding. I'm just first of all, if we were in the same room and I was just simply in slightly in the shadows, I think you'd know it was me. The silhouette was and, planned by spies. And then Omega. Especially if I was on top of you and then you hit me and I fell on the floor and then you got up and walked around me, you would know it was me. It was it took her so long to realize that was her goddamn husband of fifteen years. I mean the French recording. Who is Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Again, who doesn't look or sound or speak like any human that's ever existed before or after. <laughs> One of those unique humans ever <laughs> to live. <laughs> There's no fucking way you would think it was somebody else. Uh, I think maybe, uh, though, if like so much is going on in your brain, like you're thinking about this weird mission that you're on and like you're hearing this French guy accent, like it's possible. Yeah. I think. Uh, it's hilarious. I don't think it's possible. All right. But it's possible. Not, that's not the... Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but I do... This movie definitely pulls off the thing that so many romantic comedies try to do where they'll have a good-looking actress try to make them look ugly or frumpy and then, like, take off their glasses and all of a sudden they're sexy. Uh-huh. Like, they frump up Jamie Lee Curtis in the beginning of this movie and then when she, like, has to sex it up, it's like a 180. Yeah. Like, it's fucking... I remember this being the first time I'm, I was like, boobs. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> I was like, whoa, those are boobs. You know? <laughs> Jamie Lee. Jamie Lee. And that strip tease that she does. Yeah. <laughs> In her interview that Fiddling. I came across. Ah. There you go. She talked about how she was very involved in sort of the edit of that and like making sure both her and Cameron like felt okay with it, but especially her. Yeah, yeah. With like what you know, because you want her to look good, but like this it's character. It's not gratuitous at all. Like right. I think they did a good job. Like it's not. I mean, obviously she's not getting naked at all, so it's not. And I it, think that's how it was originally written as well that yeah, she was yeah. supposed to be naked. Yeah. No, I think that makes a different. Because again, like that scene only, you know, it, it has to be played heightened for a lot of laughs. Mm-hmm. It kind of can can enter into creepy territory if you make the tone wrong. You know yes. what I mean? But because they played it up and like, so like if she got fully naked, I feel like you might have dipped a toe into like, this is getting a little too creepy to be funny. Yeah. You know, like, and it's fine if creepy is what you're going for, but they're going for comedy. So yeah, right. I think it was... As as hot as Jamie Lee is in this, I think it was a smart move to keep keep her cl- uh, a little clumsy, yeah. clumsy and and you know not one hundred percent naked. Yeah, absolutely. There is no way James Cameron said that this scene reminded him what is so cool about his job. Is that what you saw on IMDb? Yeah, uh, I was like, there's no way he said to this scene, the striptease <laughs> scene, that. This demonstrated to him why it's so cool to be a director. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like it's like a thirteen year old. Like, yeah. Uh, why do you want to be a boomaker? So I can see boobs. <laughs> I was like, there's no way he uh, said that. That's so funny. But I can't. I bought it when I was a kid. But there's no way they could have predicted how that conversation would have gone with the tape recorder. Yeah. Oh, that's insane. That was insane. <laughs> They like scripted it out, you know. But the one joke was funny, where where you know she's, he's like, take off your pantyhose, your nylons, your nylons, yeah, yeah. She's like, I'm not wearing any, and he's like, good. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, 
That bar made me laugh. But I just like I yeah, I don't I don't care, but again, man, when when that reveal happens, when he finally is like Helen and she's like Harry, I was like, How the fuck did you not recognize him? You didn't recognize him going, Oh <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who else goes and they're hurt? <laughs> He's the most unique man in the world. All right, so we're we're wrapping up to the third act uh, in this lengthy but fucking insane insane movie. Uh, so you want to just call the rest of the spoilers, yeah. uh, so we don't wrap the ending up. Let's do it. I, as a kid, remember forgetting about the rest of the plot. Like at this point, my mind was fully on their relationship yeah. and how they were gonna. So when the terrorists Same. burst into the hotel time. room, I was like, "Oh yeah, these guys." I was like, I, uh, "Part of me thought I'm like, did they wrap that up? Like, <laughs> like did they kill all those guys? What happened? Yeah. Is Cassandra all right? What's going yeah. on?" Yeah, I haven't seen too many Tia Carrera movies. That's why she's just always been Cassandra to me. Oh, I I honestly don't know her from anything else. I know she was in soap a soap opera. Oh really? But uh. I don't really know anything else. I remember thinking she was really pretty. Yeah. I mean, she is. She kicks ass. When we eventually do Wayne's World on this, you'll see if she's awesome. Okay, cool, cool. She plays Cassandra. <laughs> but at this point, when the terrorists burst in, it's hilarious that Helen still does... She thinks that they're after her. Yeah. <laughs> Which actually like makes sense, because like, why wouldn't she? You know, right. like She's literally just had some life-changing shit go down, like... She doesn't know that Bill Paxton's not a spy. Yeah. So it's like... Harry, this... let me handle this. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> but of course, it is revealed finally that to her that Harry, her husband, is a, a spy. spy. Yeah. Little moments that build the world always make me happy in movies. And I like that as silly as this movie is, as much that I think it's mostly a comedy and Arnold is like often doing kind of a little bit over-the-top silly stuff, they don't lose the tension for when there's supposed to be tension so i like that as soon as they get captured you see him turn into spy mode mm. and he just immediately goes like oh i don't there's a prostitute like i don't know who that is like he's like i have to save my wife i have to yes. get out of this he doesn't just keep making jokes like i think that always changes the tone of how how much a comedy runs into like a real movie mm-hmm. you know and, and this movie could have been a parody and it could, he could have still been like making silly jokes but yeah but I he's like, putting his family first exactly like it, it takes the drama seriously so even though it's a comedy first i like that i like that's what made me kind of yeah for sure moment. he's trying to not make it obvious that he cares about her but of course she's like that's my husband yeah yeah Aww. but she sucks and she's not a spy so that's why she's just that's telling the truth you know yeah. like, but this whole next sequence which took place in the florida keys like actually took place there yeah. and in the movie and in real life i gotta say the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis is in this like super tight black cocktail dress yep. and eventually takes her heels off and is barefoot, she is female diehard yeah. in this last sequence. Hey, like she I truly like is. I take it. She has to transition from like scared housewife to like badass yep. semi spy. Yeah. In so quick. It's in like this. she she goes through what Sarah Connor goes through in the two Terminators, but in one movie. Right. You know, yeah. it's like Cameron's like done it already once, but he's like, I'm going to make the transformation. Which is why I don't really understand where this like massage. I mean, I can see 
where like, some of the misogyny yeah. when is When we're wrapping in. it up, I want to know. Let's. I feel like let's talk about that because I want to know what you came across or okay. what people think. Yeah, because I, I don't mean, really, really, I don't online, really think but... that either. But I'm curious, just what, why, yeah. like, what the logic is. My biggest takeaway is that the wife is actually given an arc here. She could have easily been a side character, but like, sh- it's not only Arnold or Harry that's going through this journey of wanting to fix the marriage too. Like, she needs to discover a part of herself as well, exactly, and see what she could bring to the table. Yeah, it would have been like a a much dumber movie if it was just like she found out he was a spy and then she was like oh i love you you're so hot you know but like no she still goes through her own shit and has to like come to terms with even after she realizes he's a spy she still has a more of a journey to go through to like right be his partner as opposed to just being like oh yay now i have a strong man who's not boring you know (laughs) exactly and if they ever need to you know have a serious conversation again. They know that they could always use a dab of a uh, truth serum yeah. to get down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> the truth serum scene was fun. That was really hilarious. I, I, I think I, I could have used a little bit longer of a scene of her asking him more questions. Oh, really? Because I like that whole setup where like she could finally get it, like the truth out of him. And you know she asked him a couple of... It's good. I just feel like they could have, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, explored a little bit more. Now that I think of it, Another reason why I think this is very equal in terms of like male female, yeah, is Arnold had or Harry had his chance in the beginning of the movie to interrogate her and ask her the questions, yeah, and get the truth, and then this is her chance as well. It's yeah. like they both Ooh. had an equal amount. Maybe that's why I felt that way because he, like his interrogation scene was lengthy and like it was you know it was a good scene, right? And so I, maybe that's why my brain was like, oh, I feel like they sh- it should have been a little bit longer on this part. Mm. Um, but it was, I still loved it. I was just like, oh, like I, I, I sensed a little more. Yeah. But right after this, when well, I mean, it's classic bad guy comes, talks shit, and then leaves. Kill him while I get in a car and go away. Like it's yeah. always every time. Always. It's never. It's never. <laughs> that's a classic Austin Powers joke. They make fun of that. All right, guard, begin the unnecessarily slow-moving dipping mechanism. Close the tank. Wait, aren't you even gonna watch them? They could get away. No, no, no. I'm going to leave them alone and not actually witness them dying. I'm just going to assume it all went to plan. What? I have a gun in my room. You give me five seconds, I'll get it. I'll come back down here. Boom! I'll blow their brains out. Scott, you just don't get it, do you? You don't. It's no hassle. But I'm... All I'm saying... They're gonna get a. I. I'm just. Reach. Reach. Knock, knock. Who's there? Shh. Look. Shh. Let me tell you a little story about a man named Shh. Shh. Even before you start, that was a preemptive Shh. Just know I have a whole bag of Shh with your name on it. I feel like the the creepy uh, guy didn't get enough screen time. The torture guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> They really, they took him out way too fast. Yeah. But um, when he breaks out of the handcuffs, ha- have you seen Charlie's Angels, the 2001? No. I don't know. This this whole f- sequence might predate this movie. I haven't looked into that. But the being tied to a chair and then explaining exactly how you're going to break out and who you're going to beat up and in what order and how you're going to do it and then doing it, that happens four years later or whatever when Charlie's Angels comes Whoa. out to a T. And I was just like, damn, that scene just seems way less original now. Is that a callback? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it was just like them thinking it was cool and doing it. I don't oh. think it was a callback. Drew Barrymore does it. 
Interessant. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. But yeah, it might take two minutes, but let's, pl- <laughs> let's play them back to back just so you can hear. Them. Is there anything you want to tell me before we start? Yeah, I'm going to kill you pretty soon. I see. How exactly? First, I'm going to use you as a human shield. Then I'm going to kill this guard over there with the Patterson Troka on the table. And then I was thinking about breaking your neck. And what makes you think you can do all that? You know my handcuffs? Hmm. I picked them. frog over you before I break his nose. And since my trusty lighter isn't working, I'm going to do all of this with my hands tied behind my back. We just get like badass moment after badass moment, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the whole next of this movie just goes into like full speed for, from here till the end. At yeah. this point, we don't have to get into the nitty gritty here. All I have to say is, I don't believe that there's a highway where there's no other like humans driving on that highway yeah. for them to be able to blow up a bridge. Yeah, that's <laughs> mad drastic. Like, I, I know he had a nuke. I get it. Like it's not that it was it, but like they were just that's crazy. Yeah. Like they were just like we're There's just gonna no blast way. rockets at this thing. No way. <laughs> but yeah, this whole action sequence was awesome of picking up you know, him flying in and grabbing yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis from uh, I could just tell. I was like, I just see the money getting spent. <laughs> like none of this looks cheap. It looks all like they actually did it with stunt people and real For sure. helicopters, I real mean, trains. Those are real cars, I mean. Those are real uh, military planes that they used in this movie. They had to present to the American military how they were going to use the planes, what how they were going to be portrayed in the movie yeah. for them to get approval to use the machinery. The, the military had to make sure the planes were going to be the hero. Like, <laughs> you know, they can't have the engine fail and it fucks up. You know, like yeah, it's, it's no gotta, way. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, they. I think... The rate at which they had to rent the planes were like something like twenty five hundred dollars an hour or something like that. Wow! Yeah, that's crazy. And a bunch of approvals. Of I'm course. sure the fuel alone probably cost <sighs> so much. Yeah, but like just re- imagine like you're a, a movie director and you're like presenting to the government. And like- it's like, <laughs> and at the end of the day, it's like this movie. Like it's not, it's not that serious. Like you know what I mean? Like, like it's not even like, oh, we're making this movie about like these people in the military went through some shit. Like no, just he needed, a, he needed a plane. He's like, I just really need to work out my latest divorce, and I did it with this. So what do you think? Uh, it's so great. But again, this movie does it where you're like, all right, that's over. But then like the daughter, oh snap, I forgot about her. Yeah. So this was a classic. I really thought the movie was over when this ended, and I was already writing my notes of being like, why is this the daughter in this movie and because they even make a note later of of them like the bad guys i think they say something about like 
we oh no they f- they find the photo in the in the wallet and it, yes. yeah so they re- learn he has a daughter so I was about to be like this is bad writing like where's his daughter <laughs> yep but lo and behold yeah we're in, uh, it's a classic this actually is a Michael Bay staple where you have a giant action sequence it feels like the end of the movie and then it's like oh no we got one more thing to go right. through and it takes twenty five more minutes. <laughs> The difference is I enjoyed this one, so I wasn't mad about it. But uh, nice. like Bad Boys Two is specific. That movie, that movie ends, and there's forty more minutes. Like, is it a good forty? It's fine, but it, I, I find that movie to be a little repetitive. I think there's too much action. Oh, okay. Um, the action's fun, but there's a lot of it, and by the end, it's just it, it, it loses its luster. You know uh, what I mean? Okay. Anyway, so we got the they go and steal Dana for like one last, and even though we kill uh, Tia Carrera here, but we still have the main terrorist bad yeah. guy still alive i gotta say this guy i mean i don't know how much backlash he got for like portraying this terrorist guy yeah i kind of feel bad like just thinking about i mean i feel like in the 90s it wouldn't have been too like maybe it wasn't but i can see like i mean it's kind of like thinking about taking on like a ghetto black role you know like i'm like i feel some sort of guilt oh yeah and i think <laughs> if this if they did it today there'd be oh, tons sure. of Twitter to, to pass around to yeah. hate the past to him. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like back then, I don't know if he got a lot of hate. True. But I do think he did a great job of playing this villain. Yeah. Because he was so serious. Like, I took him so seriously, but the, even he had humorous moments. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, they were so good. Like, when the camera guy, like, yeah. <laughs> was running out of battery. I was going to save that for best worst. Oh, but uh, but right. I'll, I'll, I'll save my thoughts. No problem. But anyway, all I wanted to say about this last sequence is that freaking Eliza's acting is yeah. amazing. Like, I bought every second of it. That crying, I really felt for her. I, I thought she deserved a freaking award for this yeah. as a kid actor. I could have used a little more of her in the middle. Because I feel like all that stuff in the beginning they set up didn't really matter. Where she was like stealing from uh, Tom Arnold and then like riding off with that guy, and they were like, Has she had sex yet? and all this stuff. Yeah. Also, that guy, what a creep. Like, she was like 12 years old. Oh, for like, sure. That's way, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just felt like to go from that to this without anything in the middle, that there was a little lacking in her character. Like, she didn't really go through any kind of arc. It was just like, Oh, we have these problems, and then she gets kidnapped. You know what I mean? I agree. I wonder if it's just like a. If you don't pay attention to your kid, they'll get stuck in, you know, it was like yeah. a kind of... Ch- for sure, for sure. <laughs> You'll figure it for out. Sure. <laughs> um, but I like, yeah, uh, the camera crew like comes in and yeah. it's we recognize it's the guy on the team who's not Tom Arnold, who we haven't <gasps> talked about once. But yes. Oh, good. I'm sorry. He was good. Yeah, he's good. I thought he was funny. Yeah. He, I like him a lot in Scorpion King. Oh, yeah. He's the sidekick. Wow, he is in that. <laughs> I know him from this and Scorpion That's King. That's so funny. <laughs> He's such a good sidekick. Yeah. But as much action as this this last scene has, it has just as much comedy, I think. And yep. I think it balances out very well. I like that Eliza Dushku has some agency, too. Like, she kind of foils their plan a little. She sees the key that they need. Yeah. And steals it. That's pretty cool. Everyone in this family is freaking smart. Yeah. And I do like that he had his moment with his wife, right, in, this, in the previous scene. And yeah. now it's time for his moment with his daughter. It didn't really become a family affair. I don't, I don't think it needed to because... I think the the wife and the daughter spent enough time together, so I think it was really just ha- Harry's time. Yeah, to, for sure. To get reattached to his. Family. And I like that they had both the wife and the daughter kind of attempt to stand up and be badass before learning that he was a spy. Yeah, I think that says a lot for their characters. It would have been uh, slightly different if they first go like, "Oh, my dad's a spy," then I guess I have it in me too. But like, right. she thinks her dad's like 
you know, mayo. And she's <laughs> like, either way, I'm fucking going to fight this terrorist. Like, I'm going to do my best. You yeah. know, I think that was cooler. Uh, for sure, you know. for sure. This film comes full circle, ending in the same, like, ballroom party with the tango. You know, once they they get the terrorist or he dies. Yeah, they all yeah. die. <laughs> yeah, the terrorist dies. I got to say, I wish, well, the action sequence is crazy impressive. And the fact they used a real military jet is insane. I do wish it was it was a little too similar to the Jamie Lee Curtis sequence of him trying to grab... Like, that whole sequence was him trying to grab Jamie Lee Curtis out of the car from midair. And it just felt a little bit of the same beats of him then trying to grab his daughter from midair to, like, safely into the next vehicle. Wow. And it, like, it's all so awesome. I just Either they needed to be, like, spread out or just something slightly different. But it felt a little bit like we were doing the same thing. Oh, It was obviously burn. different. Jamie Lee Curtis was on a highway. She's on a skyscraper thing yeah so like i'm not saying it's exactly the same but i just felt a little of that same emotion of him like reaching like give me your hand and, like we, we just That's went so through interesting. that like 12 minutes beforehand wow so i never I, looked at it yeah then. so I, I maybe it could have been something else i don't know hmm. but did you like the token line you're fired <laughs> yeah <laughs> we needed more of those i feel like every action movie with arnold needs one right yeah yeah <laughs> and that's why i brought a commando like the there's that movie's full of it he, he throws a steam pipe at someone or no, he throws like a metal pipe at someone and it stabs him in a steam pipe and he's like let off some steam wow <laughs> i forget what movie it is there's one where he's sitting on a plane next to a guy and then he punches him in the face and kills him and then, uh, and then, so the guy like falls over, like he's sleeping, and then Arnold puts a blanket on him, and then the stewardess goes, "Does your friend want any food?" He goes, "No, don't disturb him. He's dead tired." Oh. <laughs> oh, that might Christ. also be Commando. It's been a, it's been a while. <laughs> I know someone listening knows what I'm talking about. Oh man. Oh, so good. He's dead tired. All it's right. kind of like remember when he fantasizes about punching Bill Paxton in the face and he yes. like dies. It's like that basically happens in that movie. Uh, okay. It okay. just with the sheer Arnold force, one punch just kills the guy. I gotta love a, a a one year later or whatever. Oh yeah, that's great. With the the long Jamie Lee Curtis hair. Yeah. The Halloween hair, yeah. I should say. <laughs> what was it? Did you know if that was a wig? Because I know she was like after Halloween, it was almost always a wig. Oh really? Like, I don't know if this was Halloween a wig. two. It was a wig. Halloween twenty eighteen. It was a wig. And in in nineteen ninety eight Halloween, she had short hair. And Halloween Resurrection was a wig. So uh, she like basically never grew it back again after being young. Uh, okay, after okay. she was 17. So I feel like this might have been, been a wig. Yeah. Because I feel like she loves short she's, hair. Yeah, she's short hair. Yeah. yeah. She only gets rid of it for Halloween because like Laurie Strode is known for the hair. Yeah, yeah. Along the lines of the daughter not having an arc, I think her arc was her style choices. Because <laughs> <laughs> one year later, she's like wearing a summery dress. She's no longer emo. Like, yeah. come on, guys. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, now she respects her dad. <laughs> but yeah, and then we basically get these two being like Mr. and Mrs. Smith now. They're like the, basically. the, the married spy couple. It is funny that she like gets to be a spy, but I'm sure there's got to be there's a lot of training there and qualifications. To. And yeah, I don't think you would just be like, oh, I was a civilian and I kind of kicked ass a little, you know. I totally love this because this is what happens after Spy Kids 1. Uh, I don't know. Did you watch Spy Kids? I've definitely seen Spy Kids, but not... In a long time, I never saw the sequels, so I don't really remember. All right, I freaking love Spy Kids. I I can't tell you how many times I've watched Spy Kids. One. Ooh, future up. And two, but one's the best. Yeah, future episode. Possibly, yeah. yeah. Ooh, you should do a franchise deep dive. Ooh, ooh, I don't like. I didn't even watch three. What about four? Oof, that's not the same cast. They're in it. Are they? How They're, do you know that? I've seen the trailers. <laughs> oh. I don't. They might be. Now, they might not be the main characters, but those those kids are definitely in it grown up. Oh, interesting. Somebody 
is like a spy mom. Oh, okay, okay. I don't know. Uh. I didn't see it. But all, <laughs> all that to say is at the end of Spy Kids, spoiler alert, the kids become spies. Like, Wait, as part of the spy organization oh, that yeah. their parents are a part of. Because in the movie, they find out that... That their that, parents are spies. And then they and get they all the gadgets rescue. and kind of go do the thing. Exactly. They kind of do an Incredibles on them. Yeah. So yeah. I think, like, in that sense, like, the family becoming spies is sort of, like, what True Lies. That's or fun. Maybe, I don't know, Spy Kids could have been inspired by that. But, like, maybe. you know, I just feel like... I, I totally bought that. I would know? be... If you did Spy Kids, I would be excited to watch it again because I think Robert Rodriguez is really an interesting director. Oh. And I love that he makes these crazy, gritty, Aryan movies and then also makes these very high fantasy kids movies. Also. <laughs> Yo, Spy Kids was my jam. And also, like, Antonio Banderas, I was weirdly a huge fan of yeah. also. Like, Zorro? Come on. What about uh, Danny Trejo? Danny Trejo. He's Uncle Machete. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. he would later get his own movies. Yo, when they put what looks like, you know, popcorn into the microwave and it they press the button and it turns into like a Big Mac meal. That oh, was pretty I cool. I remember that. I remember so little. <laughs> I remember they had the bubble gum that if you spit it at someone, it like electrocuted them. Yes. I remember that scene where he chews the gum and spits it and the guy's like. <laughs> that I remember. That's hilarious. I don't know what else I remember. I remember almost. I just remember, yeah, like the cat. I remember the look of it. Like I remember like the yeah. colors and. All right, might be my next episode. All right, everyone. first I I was I was gonna save this in the end, but I don't know what Harriet the Spy. This movie about spies. They want to spy kids. Is this Spy Month that we didn't talk about it? Like, am I supposed to come with a spy movie? I don't know. What the fuck I is going so. on here? It's like a spy. <laughs> You're like in the you air. won't stop watching spy stuff. <laughs> as soon as this started, I was like, the fuck is the same thing? It's not the same thing, but you know. Oh my god! All right, let's uh, just head into best worst. Woo! All right, I picked best worst spy tech. Oh, I almost did that. And I was like, eh. What? It's a spy movie. You gotta <laughs> go with the tech. That's fun. Do you want me to go first? Sure. All right, my best. Uh, even though I had some problems with how it was presented, I think the glasses with the cigarette transmitter is pretty cool. Yeah. I gotta say, though, when they showed his point of view from the glasses, it looked like he could not see anything in the real world at all. <laughs> so I didn't buy it when he was like walking down the street and watching the guy behind him. You know, when, you know, and I was just like, dude, he would have got hit by like three cars. Yeah. So, I, but if if they fix that, it's pretty great. All right, all but right. But just in terms of like an inventive like thing for the movie, I think it was pretty cool the way you could like set it up in one corner of the room and then wear glasses and like see you from that angle. And you for don't, sure. And you don't even know it, you know? Yeah, I would, I would actually have to agree that would have been my best as well. Nice. And worst, uh, just because I feel like they could have uh, done better, was the fact that he just used like a plain ass tape recorder <laughs> to play that guy's voice to trick Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> I feel like with their technology, he could have like bugged the room with like speakers. Like, so, he could have done something better than something that it was some Home Alone shit. Like yeah. that's what Kevin does in Home Alone too to trick the pizza guy. Like you know what I mean? It's not. It could have. It could have been a little more. That's technology. actually hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that they gave, like, the guy with the French accent, like, a cigarette in the booth. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> just like, what the hell are we doing? Well, they had to visually show us that he was French <laughs> before he talked. Just might as well give him a glass of wine as well. A fucking, yeah, like, a, a baguette, <laughs> a glass of wine and one of those hats. <laughs> yeah. I will give that to you, but my worst is actually going to be earpieces. 
Okay. How the hell do people not see that this guy has an e- in any spy movie ever? Like they always have an earpiece talking to their crew. Yo, I would agree with you. I would have agreed with you until about a month and a half ago when I started watching Impractical Jokers. Uh-huh. And no one ever still sees those motherfuckers' earpieces. Are they that like invisible? They, like they I'm tend a guy, to, you know. They tend to give you like the color of your skin so it blends in a little more because even when i watch that show sometimes i have to really look and i'm like oh i see it i see the earpiece like it's in there interesting i just feel like if you're not looking for it like if you're not looking into someone's ears if it's the right color like it has to match yeah. your skin tone it blends in really well i guess if i believe into in in this world like they have the highest tech version of whatever yeah. but like i don't know i just think at a high stakes party ballroom whatever that he's at like people are going to be looking for earpieces you yeah, know like i, guess I just so. can't buy it the thing i can't buy in any spy movie ever is that they never need like power sources for anything <laughs> like i deal with a lot of wireless audio a lot of wireless video in my line of work yeah. and like it requires a lot of power a lot of batteries a lot of like you know you can have something small but it's got to be connected somewhere to something bigger that's like giving it its juice for sure and in these movies they like they'll put like a, a camera transmitter in someone's like shirt and then 100 feet away a week later, it's like still transmitting video. And I was like, eh, it needs something to power it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But who gives a shit? That's insane. That's like, I'd, I'd have to go back all the way to the 1960s fucking uh, Mission Impossible TV show. Cool. All right, that was pretty fun. Yeah, what do you got? Um, I mean, I've got best, worst stunt or action sequence. Ooh, okay. Because there are quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> all right, what do you and got? And my, f- my best is going to be the highway car scene. Where he saves Jamie Lee. Yeah. All right, I'm jumping on the two just so you know because that's my favorite. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I just, the whole sequence in general is fantastic and it's just the best combo of humor and action. Yeah. But also the fact that like Jamie did her own stunt there. Like she actually is holding Arnold's arm across that Absolutely. body of water. That's awesome. I and, see like, that. did her own Yeah, stunt. I, I wasn't sure if, if that was stunt doubles, but even if it was, I was impressed by the stunt team. Mm-hmm. Especially the actual lift out of the car. Like, it's done in this really sweet wide shot, and you really just see it happening. You're like, yes. whoa. You know, they could have easily cut to her face, cut to her arm, cut the you know, this and that, cut to Arnold, and then you just, like, piece it together in your mind, but they show you the whole thing. Yeah. The whole it's, thing. Yeah, it's, it was easily the best one. Yeah. And I thought that even, like, the, the, the series of events was believable. I mean, aside from the, the limo going through the body of fire, she yeah. would have totally got burned. Uh-huh. But other than that, like, just the sequence of, like, you know, even those guys, like, being tipped over. How the hell do you shoot a truck being tipped over on a bridge? Yeah. Like, as a stunt? I don't know. How the hell do you do that? Tip a truck over, I guess. <laughs> Get it on the first truck. Oh, my God. Um, and then, do you have a worst that comes to mind? Not really. I actually like them all. You might inspire me by what you say, but if I had to pick one, maybe the bathroom sequence. Really? Um, it's not that I didn't like it, but maybe if I just had to pick one, it was a little too overstylized with me with all the water. and the, it's, it, it seemed like it was trying to be a little John Wooey. And the thing about John Woo for me is I only really like it when he does it. Burn. When other people try to do it, I always find it a little eh. Wait, but, what, he likes bathrooms? No, just, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anybody who shoots in a bathroom is copy of John Woo. Uh, no, just uh, a little bit of slow motion, kind of dual pistols, kind of like dive, the way he slid in the water, shooting two guns at the same time. Oh, okay. It just seemed a little bit like he, they were being like paying some respect to John Woo, which is cool. And again, I actually like it. I'm just it, it's playing best worst, so I have to pick a worst. Okay, That's okay. probably it. But I do like it, so it's not like You didn't like the guy with the pants down in the back, in the t- in the stall. No. <laughs> um, my worst is actually going to be the gun 
going down the stairs that Jamie Lee oh, throws yeah. that kills every single person. Actually, no, <laughs> except funny. Arnold. It was funny. I liked it. Uh, it was so stupid. It was. It was. It was funny. I th- I mean, the acting was great, but I'm just like, all right. Oh, that's yeah, the one thing I mean. Like, there, there's no way a gun would go, go off. A, go off that many times. Like, literally, the trigger's not being touched at all. <laughs> and then it goes off every time perfectly, like, right when it's facing them. Yeah, it's kind of stoops. <laughs> so that was I my worst. Cool. My only other one I have uh, is kind of just like... A little bit vague, but just like a best worst comedic moment. Oh, sorry. Before we oh. move on, um, I just have to call out one thing that I didn't know. Um, during the whole Me Too movement, when it first came uh, came about, the stunt guy for this movie, Joel Kramer, who I mentioned earlier, also did T2, and like you know, he's a yeah. famous stunt coordinator. But apparently, on this movie, you know, Eliza came out saying that he like sexually like molested her. Oh shit. Um, while making this movie. And so, you know, she was 12, he was 36. Um, She, and apparently, I don't know if this is true or not, but like she had told, you know, her parents and like some adult friends and they confronted him about it, like on set. And then there was one stunt that they were doing for this movie and he actually like let her like get injured. So she like got injured, like sort of like as a repercussion of like her, like telling people about it. Is this guy in jail? He is not. <laughs> um, and th- and she's not the only one that's come out with allegations against him either. I don't think that... I don't. I didn't, like, do too much into seeing what he's... You know, I, I just know that he hasn't faced any criminal charges for anything. He's a fucking prick. But, like, it just really... I'm so disappointed, <laughs> you know? Like, I'm like, oh, these stunts are fantastic, but, like, apparently the guy who, like, did the work sucks you know like i hate that he did this Fucking gross yeah so i i just that was one thing that i f- feel like i had to mention you know like james cameron arnold jamie like they all came out and they were like you know like admiring her bravery for coming out with this but like me too movement really you know shined a light on a lot of yeah, like yeah. crappy people damn yeah sorry to oh, bring it bring it down playing but like... best worst I don't know. <laughs> no, I yeah yeah uh wor- worst worst <laughs> yeah best worst way to stop the episode dead. yeah i'm sorry I'm <laughs> best sorry. bring up child diddlers <laughs> oh jesus anyway that guy sucks yeah fuck that guy any other best worst <laughs> yeah i got one more <laughs> i just got like an overall uh best worst comedic moment okay you know just like either as a joke or like a setup or something like I that i knew i had to i couldn't end it on that so yeah. like i'm glad you had right, comedic cool. moments With that. all right <laughs> So my best actually, for me, it actually was the camera guy running out of battery during the <laughs> terrorist's like a uh, big video speech. Um, I think mostly because I just related to it being in production. And I know that feeling when you're in the middle of shooting something real important and something small goes wrong that only you notice. Like say a light goes out, like your key light or your fill. And obviously you're like, fuck, I'm, f- I'm shooting this and it doesn't look the way it did in the beginning. But like, you yes. know, say I do a lot of corporate. So I'm always filming like CEOs and people who just like have no fucking time for what we're doing. Like they're, they almost are mad that we're even there. So like you have to set it all up. They come in, they sit down, they say it and they get up and they leave. Mm. And like, so you know, everything has to be perfect. It's like a very high stress kind of thing. So I imagine if you're filming a fucking terrorist video, <laughs> it's very high stress. So the way he's like noticing the batteries going out and he's like in his head, like just being like, oh, I hope he just finishes. So yeah. like, and the just, guy's like in the middle. Of yeah. It. You can like read his mind. But I've like been there too, where like, like the media is going to run out. Cause sometimes you have to stop the interview because you're like, oh, I have to switch cards. Otherwise we're out. Yeah. But you want, you're like, you're hoping that they're not in the middle of something juicy. I, so I, just, I related to it so much. <laughs> I do wish the 
payoff was a little funnier. Like, not that I wanted him to kill the guy, but like, it did seem like it kind of there was no funny payoff to it. But the mm. buildup was very funny. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was still my favorite part. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I might have to tag on to that because like I wasn't expecting humor from that part, like yeah. from the villain. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. that's great. <laughs> And then worst comedic moment. Uh, yeah, this is another one. It was a little bit hard one, but I just thought of two very small, small things that I thought like this movie was like smarter than these kind of jokes. These were just very easy jokes to make. I feel and, like I know what you're gonna say. Um and the first one I wrote was it was in the trailer, but it's just like it's an easy cliche line. Well probably was written for the trailer of when Jamie Lee Curtis is complaining that Arnold missed his birthday to her coworker and she's like, I don't know why you can't make it. It's not like he's saving the world or anything. <laughs> wink wink. I don't know. I just think that joke's kind of easy. Like, I've heard that's in so many things where someone's undercover. And yeah. You know. um, and then the other one is just, uh, again, I'm just, I'm stretching here because I, I liked a lot of the comedy. But uh, the the bad guy right before he dies when he, he flies off the helicopter and his nuts get smashed on that railing or whatever. Oh. And I'm like, again, movie's a little bit smarter than that. Like, the rest of the movie's comedy proved that it's okay. not that easy. to Like, it's, it's better than those very low-hanging jokes. Would you feel this way if you didn't recently watch Baby? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm not some kind of tyrant who hates all getting hit in the nuts shots. <laughs> this has nothing to do with the Baby's Day Out. No, I'm just saying you've seen so much lately. Yeah, yeah. That your tolerance. And for those who haven't listened to that episode, <laughs> there's a lot of just, just as I called it, penal mutilation, which isn't even the right word. But uh, yeah, let's not get into it. I'm sick of talking about it. No, I literally just thought that, like, you know. There were certain comedies where Out oh, My Balls is great, but like I just felt like this, it was a little lowbrow for this, which wasn't that lowbrow of a movie. Okay, okay. You know? So those are my worst. I think my worst will have to be Simon, a.k.a. Bill's character peeing his pants. Yeah. I'm not, I've never laughed at anyone peeing their pants, <laughs> yeah. ever. <laughs> like, yeah, it's true. It's never been funny to me. Yeah. Only Billy Madison has it, and it's it's not even the act of peeing the pants. It's the scene around it. Oh, okay. That's a funny pee the pants. Hey, look, everybody. Billy peed his pants. Of course I peed my pants. Everybody my age pees their pants. It's the coolest. Really? Yes! You ain't cool unless you pee your pants. Wow. Hey, man. Ernie pees pants, too. All right. Cool. If peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. Oh, that was the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. Let's go. All right. Um, sweet. Do you want to dive into Beyond the Credits? Yeah. What's your takeaway? What do you want Beyond to be? Oh, I mean, I think it's pretty, movie pretty much sets it in motion that these two just become, you know, a sexy spy couple who travel the world and do missions and, uh... Have a bunch of sex, yeah, and they're pretty happy for the rest of the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think I think it's pretty. It's a pretty well like closed out story. I don't really see the need to try to sequelize this in any means. I don't even think James Cameron does either. It's the story wraps up. It would be it would be kind of redundant just to have them go through something else or have them sequel start and then they have a new relationship problem and it's just like oh we're doing this again you know right. So I don't know. I kind of I kind of like it where it's at. I couldn't really, I couldn't really come up with something that would be like a fun way to continue the story personally. Mm-hmm. What do you have anything? I'm in the same boat. I don't think this movie needs a sequel of any sort. I do think that you know they sort of have that like happy ending, and I think that they both have the thrill in their lives, and they're able to share that together. Uh-huh. I think if there's one takeaway that we both came out with, uh, it's that 
Arnold. There's no reason that he shouldn't be in the newest cast member of the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah. Specifically, John Cena's father. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, or like, wait. No, wait. That's impossible. Wait, 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 wait. That would be that would make a Dom's father. Oh yeah, <laughs> that that's would make so no true. Sense. Yeah, that would I, make no I, sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said that to you, saying that there should be a a movie where he plays John oh, Cena's yeah, dad. I didn't bad, say in bad. Fast and Furious. <laughs> but I do think he could be in Fast and Furious. He could why, be Fast and why Furious. Why not? Oh yeah, no, he could be. I don't see. I that. mean, I think he could contribute a little bit more than Cardi B. Like yeah, actually drive a car. You yeah, know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you would do with that. Oh, my God. But in terms of Beyond for this movie, there were talks of a sequel as soon as 1997. Uh-huh. There was a script written for True Lies 2, and they went as far as to, like, start, you know, production and everything like that. But then September 11th did happen, and uh. the plot did have to do with some terrorists again. So... In reality, long story short, this movie is probably never going to get made because of where we are now, you know, after the events of September 11th. But in as early, actually earlier this year, CBS did announce a pilot order for a True Lies like series. Really? And it does involve James Cameron as well as they they call him Mick G, the Charlie's Angels guy. Yeah, I know Mick G. So I think what you he made mentioned the fourth Terminator movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think what you mentioned earlier, you know, that scene where um freaking the, the being tied to the chair and telling people how you're gonna get that's out. why i was like is that a callback because he's involved in oh, this like, maybe hey maybe pilot. it is i might i have no idea so yeah, Mick, Mick G yeah the funniest director name yeah like how did you get all the news outlets and stuff to call you mcg yeah, you know I, like <laughs> i remember because i didn't know his name when charlie's angels came out but when he was directing terminator 4 that's when i learned his name and i was oh, like oh, Mick G. interesting <laughs> So, yeah, there might be a uh, pilot coming our way. They are, I think, filming this summer. So we'll see what happens with that. But, I mean, I personally won't seek it out, probably. I don't know. I, I, I think this is like a, a nice package and on its own, yeah. this movie. Nice. But going back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of, like, how this movie, like, portrays women and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. What I found was that it was being criticized as sexist, cruel and misogynistic for like the treatment of female characters such as hero schwarzenegger using his agency resources to stalk and frighten his wife that was one criticism you know comedy right exactly so (laughs) yeah it's part of the story and i think if jamie lee curtis's character didn't have like she has her own arc and her own point of view and everything. Like, she's not just used for her body and, like, for comedy. Like, yeah. she actually goes through something. So I don't think that's a fair statement. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I don't think so either. And also, I mean, when I say it's a comedy, like, this is... Like, if you look at, like, your average sitcom that's about just, like, a husband and a wife. Like, you know, like King of Queens or, like, even, like, Simpsons, something like that. If you looked at the marriages, if it was real, they're terrible marriages that should have ended in season two. Like, mm-hmm. the husband's always doing something disrespectful and rude and then the wife's getting mad and then they go through a whole thing and then by the end they're like oh we still love each other like why this is a comedy like this is essentially a sitcom blown up with a 100 million dollar budget right so like yeah of course it's not right that he used his resources and his job to stalk his wife but that's why it's a comedy like it isn't I don't know. Like that's what makes it funny that he is doing that. That he's it's 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 over the top. You know. Right. And I think the striptease scene. Like, I wonder if this is like an American criticism. You know. Yeah. 
rather than like if you a worldwide i don't think that worldwide it's it could be it would be seen that way yeah like yes a woman could be powerful and like do give a strip tease and not be taken advantage of like <laughs> yeah i don't know and like the intention of the scene and that whole plot of harry's character is like he thinks he's gonna mend his marriage by doing this yeah he's not like mad at his wife and doing this to like embarrass her. embarrass and humiliate her and like get revenge and like then yeah. it'd be like yeah this is means and we're supposed to still be on his side but like he's a dumb husband right. like that's the thing like like homer simpson does stupid shit all the time <laughs> to get marge back like we don't go like oh what a mean man like right. oh like, homer you fucking goof yeah harry's kind of a goof like as suave as when he's a spy when he's harry he sucks like yeah it's, it's the whole juxtaposition of the story like, if, if anything this movie shows the transformation of a woman who doesn't have as much confidence in herself and is essentially fearless by the end of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know where you're getting this from. Yeah, know? and it does a good job of like showing that their problems in their relationship aren't just like one-sided either. They both right. have insecurities and problems and like the lack of communication comes from all that. Yeah. I don't I, thought, I didn't I didn't hear believe any of that shit. Yeah. The girl on girl, the the slap that Jamie Lee gives, uh, freaking Tiara. Yeah, that was a good slap. That was good. And I love the the continuity of the ring. Like yeah. she put it on her right hand inside with the 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 ring inside her hand, which justifies the the cut. Yeah. I don't, just the but attention to detail. That and then just like thematically too, because it's like her and her husband's love is like like that's what's gonna make this different and like how she's getting out of this like it's mm. it's right around that time where she's learning that like she's gonna she knows she's gonna forgive harry right so it's kind of like you know they, they eventually use their marriage as a weapon to be spies so yeah. like that's like the, the start of like you know it's cool yeah it's very thematic i mean that right there is one of the reasons why i think you should love this movie mm -hmm. just taking a spy movie it has everything that you would expect but it turns it on his head and like I said before, like it starts out as a spy movie with a family subplot and then it just flips that by the end of this movie. Like the family aspect and the love and them overcoming the problems in their marriage is the main part of this, the the, the most important part of this movie yep. versus like the terrorist is like, yeah, we kind of yeah. got to get rid of this, but like we've overcome something by the end of this. Mm -hmm. um, I think that. You, I mean, I know that you've always complained about like the James Bonds and like the Mission Impossibles. Like, they're not really like a real person outside of their missions. Yep. And I think that this is a film where it actually does ground the spy in reality. Like, what is a life of a spy who does have a family on the side? And like, what happens when those worlds collide? And like, those injuries that you sustain on a mission, they actually <laughs> are there when you're at home. Yep. You know, like I, I like I think that you would appreciate that that continuity. I don't know. I as far as 90s action films go, this is like one of my favorites. And I think that it, you really have to appreciate in 1994 the, the crazy stunts. I know you love Terminator, the yeah. Terminator movies, but like I think the stunts in this are insane. And the fact that a lot of the actors like went on and were like, yeah, I'm going to do the stunt as well. Like, yep. I'm going to go out and do it. I, I I, think you would really appreciate that. It's a great movie about relationships, communication, honesty, just like, I don't know. It's just a perfect Mission Impossible James Bond combo with like Arnold, you know, and like Eliza and Jamie Lee Curtis, women with roles that like have a client, like you have a, f like I said earlier, like a freaking female uh diehard you yeah. know like i just think that it's a recipe for just a awesome 
fun time. Um, so with all that being said, Andy, I just got to know, do you love what I love? I love it. I think about this movie film is very, very entertaining, very, very jokes, very funny, very calm. It's like when I watch this movie, it's like I'm, I'm coming. It's like I'm coming at the gym and I'm coming at home. <laughs> I uh, forgot to bring that up. Yeah, what the hell is that? <laughs> Yo, there's a clip I gotta show you from this old bodybuilding. Like, I think it might have been a documentary or something from like back in the day. It was like really before I was even famous. And he's just talking about like there's all these famous clips of him talking about how much he was smoking weed or like I'll smoke a bowl. He's smoke, talking about smoking weed. I'll smoke weed? a joint and go to the gym and work on my pecs and all Whoa. this kind of stuff. But there's this one where he talks about that going to the gym gives him the same sensation as having sex. And so he's just like, so it's a perfect life, you know. I'm I'm at home. I'm with the women. I'm coming at home. And then when I go to the gym and I work out, it's like I'm coming at the gym and you come oh at home. Oh my god! And you, and it's, it's coming everywhere. It's great. Like I don't know. I'm gonna put the clip in here because I'm I don't, I haven't heard it in a couple of years, so I'm, I might be fucking. It up, but I'll show you when this is over. Oh my god, it's as satisfying to me as uh, coming is you know, as uh, having sex with a woman and coming. And so, can you believe how much I am in heaven? I'm like uh, getting the feeling of coming in the gym, I'm getting the feeling of coming at home, I'm getting the feeling of coming backstage when I pump up, when I pose out in front of 5,000 people, I get the same feeling. So, I'm coming day and night. I mean, it's terrific, right. <laughs> so you know I'm in heaven. Oh, uh, so having said that, yes, th this movie makes me feel like coming at the movies. <laughs> I fucking love this movie. Yes, <laughs> you're coming at the movies. Oh god, this is gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I fucking love this. this yes. Ah, uh, uh, James Cameron brought the ruckus. As always. It was like a nice little missing piece to my love of his movies. Turn up. Um, everything that you just said, I agree with. So I won't reiterate a lot of that, but. Um, I love uh, the comedy totally works. I love the f just the commitment of putting this much money behind the comedy that never happens. So it's, mm. uh, it's really cool. Um, it is fun to see Arnold have kind of charisma outside of <laughs> like a standard comedy. No, I mean that in the way where I feel like when he's utilized best, he's kind of stoic. Like mm. Terminator, he's literally a robot. Conan, he's like, you know, he's just kind of is a tough Conan. You know, he's not very super emotive, you know? Yeah. So it was very cool That's to fair. see him kind of like stretch that out. And that, except for, you know, Kindergarten Copy is very emotive, but it's a very silly movie. So it was cool to see him stretch all that out. Yeah. Um, I totally agree that while I do enjoy spy movies and I think they are a good avenue for an action movie, I got to say, I love that this plot did focus on family and something kind of very grounded and core. Mm. Because as much as I enjoy spy movies, I don't ever understand the plots of them <laughs> i can i can work my hardest and understand them logically as they're happening but even by the time it's over i already because they're always trying to twist and turn right. this guy's a bad guy so as much as i love every mission impossible the reason i love three the most is because three is about ethan and his wife and it's the only movie where you actually can like relate to it <laughs> where, where like he actually has like some stake in the game other than if i fail the world ends you know uh, so yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. he actually has something emotional tying him to that story so that's why i love Mission Impossible 3 the most. And in all the other ones, they have the best action ever, the best fucking sequences, and such good shit. 
I don't know the plot of any Mission Impossible. <laughs> I watch them all the time. I don't know what the fuck's ever happening. I just know at the end of the day, there's a timer yeah. that Ethan stops before it's over. There are stakes, but I don't know yeah. what they are. I never know what the hell James Bond's up to. I just know, like, I know oh. what he has to do in the moment, but I don't know why or for who or why someone's a bad guy. Oh, yeah. And I'm even thinking of other ones. Like, I really enjoyed Atomic Blonde uh, with Charlize Theron. That movie was awesome. I did not understand it at all. It was just constantly, I'm like, is that a bad guy or a good guy? I would just wait till she punched someone and be like, all right, I bet that's a bad guy. <laughs> so I really enjoyed that this movie kind of understood that and was like, yeah, yeah, the spy stuff's happening, but it's not, it's in the background. The core is about this man and his wife. Yeah. So that was super refreshing. So I dug that a lot. And really, I had to nitpick to find any flaws. And the only real two things that didn't, I wasn't jazzed about was the daughter didn't have as much character as I feel like she could have, mm -hmm. and that the two final action sequences were a little too similar for my taste, but I Can't still believe. loved everything else. <laughs> you always get mad at the one thing. <laughs> but yeah, I think everyone's cast perfectly. I think Jamie Lee and Arnold are hysterical. The plot's funny. It's it's just like a fucking great time at the movies. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like when you said, I love all kinds of movies, but I really love the ones that can accurately hit so many points of why I love different movies. Some movies can have a really great story and some movies can be really fun, but it's really hard to do both. And I think like with Terminator 2 and with this, it's kind of like him really nailing that. I don't know how you can make so many good movies back to back to yeah. back. Yeah, Aliens, Terminator to Aliens. Oh, The Abyss is in there too, which I really like. Um, but yeah, just so many good yeah, ones. Yeah, that's insane. Um, yeah, this fucking movie was great. Woohoo! All right. Before we wrap this up real quick, uh -huh. I now that I know you love this, let's just do a real quick top three Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Whoa! Top three. Hot shot. <laughs> top All three. Right. Um, did you already have yours? I, I feel like I just need a quick second, but I think I know mine. I do already have mine. Oh, you want to go first since you thought of it? Sure. You're going to be so upset. <laughs> it's going to be. Cause, all right. So these aren't in any particular order. I'm going to guess this movie, Twins, and something that I don't know. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of my head. <laughs> what do you got? True Lies. All right. Twins. <laughs> and Conan. Oh, Conan. <laughs> nice. Nice. And I don't even think it's because I love Conan. It might be like when I watched it and like who I watched it with and all that. But yeah. like. I don't know. I just it has a special place in my heart. Beefcake Conan. Yeah, the first one, not yeah. the. I didn't watch this. I never. Sequel. I never saw Conan the Destroyer. Yeah, either. but like, oh, it's such a. Oh, that's great. Yeah, classic. Oh, nice. We don't have any overlap. That's awesome. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, wait. You're telling me True Lies is in your top three after this? No, it might. Yeah, maybe. I'd have to really think about it. I have All to right. rewatch one of these. Okay. Okay. Uh, but I gotta go Terminator Two. Of course. Yeah. Honestly, it. It would also probably be Terminator One, but I'm gonna just not just for fun. I'm not gonna pick, not gonna take two slots up with Terminator. Okay, so okay. Let's... I mean, you could. I I wouldn't be offended. Like you could do Terminator as one, like yeah, one then, and two. All right, yeah. But then I feel like I might accidentally be putting in three and five in there, and I don't want to do that. Oh, and six. okay, okay. Yeah, right, Arnold's okay. in a lot of them. So Jesus Christ, or six? Yeah, it's a rough, it's a rough, rough, Ugh, rough for the whole that's family. A lot. All right. <laughs> it's the opposite of fun for the whole family. It's rough for the whole family. <laughs> <laughs> no one's gonna have a good time. Uh, Terminator Two, right. Top Dog, gotta go Predator. Oh Whoa, yeah, love a Predator. <laughs> and then because it's a very fun movie, The Last Action Hero. 
I have not heard of that. Oh, it's a fun one. That's funny. It's a very, it's meta before there was meta. Okay. So it's like about a kid. Arnold's like a kid that goes into the world of the movies and Arnold plays like basically himself. But it's not him. I think his name is Jack Slater, but he plays like their version of Arnold Schwarzenegger in that world. And uh, and then he comes into the real world, but like he's an action guy. So it plays with a lot of like comedy, tr- like of uh, of the action movies at the time. All right, cool. It's fun. Sweet. It's an underappreciated gem of its time. <laughs> All right, listeners, you got to let us know what are your top three Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Yeah, hit us up. <laughs> and if one of you picks Batman and Robin, we're fighting. Oh, uh, that is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone, that is awesome. Thanks for, okay, I'm going to stop. Thanks for listening. (laughs) If you enjoy our podcast, please be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. Also, if you have the time, take a moment to rate and review our show because every bit of feedback helps. I'm Andy. And I'm Masha. And I hope you love what I love. What's a pirate's favorite form of... Audio ASM.